Thank you for downloading Pastor Reza Safa's audio podcast from the Apple iTunes Store. Whether listening on your iPod, your tablet, or your computer at home, we pray these messages are a blessing to you and aid you in your spiritual walk with Christ. For more information on Pastor Reza's teachings and ministry, please visit www.rezasafa.com. We need to keep going back and reviewing and studying it and meditating on what Jesus has done. That's one of the purposes of really communion, that we are commanded, as often as you do this, Jesus said, remember me. So there's something, remember, proclaiming his death till he comes. There's something in his knowing of his death and burial and resurrection, what the Lord Jesus has accomplished for us. But now, taking that legal side, these legal documents, and putting it into the reality of our lives today. How do I make it from becoming from a legal document, something that Jesus has accomplished, and bringing it into my possession today? Live it out. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, now we know that's the truth. We know that Jesus has accomplished that. Now, how do I get it from what he has accomplished it, from a legal document that has been done to a reality in my life so I enjoy all of those blessings? How do I do that? We know Colossians chapter 1, for instance, that he has, verse 13, delivered us from the powers of darkness or satanic powers and translated us into the kingdom of his son of his love through whom we have, not may have, not will have, but have it, we have redemption and forgiveness or remission of sins, which includes forgiveness. How do I, from that a legally Jesus whipped the devil and it's accomplished, it's finished, to reality of it in my life that I'm not attacked by the devil and the devil is chasing me all over the place. The devil is not an issue in my life any longer. How do I make it, how do I translate it into my daily life? Paul says us, tells us very directly in Galatians chapter 4. Listen very carefully. That's a key scripture for us to know. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, that word in Greek is nepio. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. A child is a nepio. It means infant. It means babe. A child. A minor. As long as he is a minor, a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. But is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now notice. You can 
Master, you're master of everything. But in reality, Paul says, in actuality, he says that heir is no different than the one who's a slave. In other words, although you possess everything, it is all under your possession, under your name. You're not using it. You are not enjoying it. You cannot take control of it. Why? Because you are immature. An immature person is unable to take control of his position. Just like a little kid. You give him all toys and you say, where is your car? I don't know, mom. Where did you put it? I don't know, mom. See, they they like to play with it, but then there is no capacity of controlling it, possessing it, carrying it, taking care of it, and on and on and on. So now, now here's what the general public says. General preaching of today messages are. They say, you don't have enough because you haven't given enough. In other words, they say, if you give, it shall be given unto you. So you don't have it, you're not blessed. You are cursed because you don't give tithe. You're cursed because you don't give enough. If you give enough, the windows of heaven is going to open up for you and more will be given unto you. Or they say, you don't have it because you don't have enough faith. So if you could read the Bible enough, if you could meditate enough to get enough faith, listen to Razor Sapphire's preaching, oftentimes, by all his tape series, come on, say amen. amen. Then you may get faith enough to get your healing, for instance. Or they say, you don't have enough because you don't pray enough. You don't fast enough. So their teaching is based upon your works, not Jesus' works. And we've gone through that. And if you haven't heard it, you need to get all those teachings to understand that it's all based on Jesus. That's not what we say. We say it's finished. He did it all. It's all has blessed, has delivered. It's all present perfect tense. Present perfect, an action began yesterday and the continuation of it is in action today. But past tense, you know, when I say, most churches I go, I say, what tenses has blessed us? They say past tense. I said, no. Past tense would be he blessed us. Blessed us means an action began yesterday and it finished in yesterday. The result of it is not in action today. Are you listening to me? But present perfect means an action began yesterday. Result of it is in operation right now. See, if I broke that window yesterday and they came and fixed it, it would be not proper for you to say who has broken the window. Because the window is fixed. But I say I broke the window and I called the guys, they came and fixed it. Finished, gone, done, past tense. But when I say, I have broken the window, that means that window is still broken today. It's not fixed. When he says, he has blessed us, 
That means that blessing began when he accomplished his work through his death, burial, and resurrection. And that blessing still is in operation today. It works today. It is all for me today. With all the spiritual blessings. When did he do that? When I gave? No. No. He did it 2,000 years ago before I was born. That word was written, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Before I was even born, he accomplished it for me. It's done. It's finished. It's mine to take position. But Paul says, in order for me to enjoy it, in order for me to take possession of it, I have to grow up, mature myself in it. Why do you say, well, is it conditional? No, it's not conditional. It's just a fact of life. The fact, the reality of the spirit, spirit realm, the reality of the spiritual life, that spiritual things grow in process of time. When you go to heaven, if you die tonight, you go to heaven. You will be at the same age spiritually what you are here on the earth. In other words, you don't all of a sudden snap and you know everything in heaven. If that was the case, then God would, would have done that here for, for us on the earth. Why doesn't he do it here on the earth? So that means a spiritual thing, just like now, everything in natural is being taken a copy of the spiritual. The same way that God gave birth to human beings, the same process of time it takes for them to grow up spiritually, it takes them for them naturally to grow. Have you noticed? I, I thought about this last night. Never thought about it before. Everything God created on the earth, what did he do? He spoke it, except when he made human beings. He did not speak it. He formed it. That interesting. And now here's another thing. God never did it all human. He didn't form all human being in one shot. He made one man, one woman, and then he said to them, you now do the rest for me. You carry, you form him, you make him for me. So we are partakers of that divine procreation of God. Now, this is, this is very important for us to for us to recognize, it's, it's so important for us to see that spiritual things, it, it's, it's a process. It takes a process. Just like in natural, when a child is born, you could be a multimillionaire and that kid owns everything you own, but you don't go give him, a five-year-old kid, give him a brand new Cadillac. Isn't that right? You don't give it to him, not because you don't want to, but because he's not capable of carrying that responsibility. So you hope for them to grow up, to mature to that level, that they can handle all of that. So how do we take possession of what God has done for us? Knowing, first of all, what he has done and maturing in him. Why don't we? Why can we? Verse 3, Paul tells us, Even so, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. We were in bondage under the elements of the world. Some translation says, So when we were spiritually underage, 
We were slaves to the world's crude notions, William says. Norley says, when we were children, we were like slaves learning the elements of world knowledge. NEB says, and so it was with us during our minority, during our minority, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. In other words, a, a, a child is controlled by what he sees from the outside, not what he knows from inside. It's all external influence on him. That's why it's so important for a child not to watch things that are not proper. Because what they see, they will duplicate. They learn it. They become what they see. What they hear, they will do what they hear. And so it's so important to be protective of what our kids get into them before the age of maturity. I, 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 I learned a study that they say the kids that do not drink and smoke before age of 21 will not like drinks after, after that age. Their body will reject alcohol and smoking. And it's so true. I never drank in my life till I got saved. It was a Lutheran church where they're serving wine during the communion. And I told them, I said, listen, I'm, I want to bring Muslims here. You can't serve alcohol here. They're going to say we're unclean people. So they changed it. They made it into wine or to grape juice. But I remember in Sweden, they all drink. Even Christians drink. They call them light beer. And one time I was out there with my pastor actually drank it too. Once in a while. And I said, let me, let me try some of that beer. Brewery. <laughs> and I drank a little bit of that beer and I thought, this is awful. This is so bitter. How can people, how can people like this stuff? Because I never drank it before. And my body did not like the taste of it. So in other words, it is something in there that we need to recognize that is so important. A kid is influenced by the outside system, by the exterior system, because it doesn't have enough substance on the inside to carry the load themselves to judge between what's right and what's wrong. That's why I think it's wrong for a 16-year-old to drive a car. But insurance people have to make the money. So that's why the insurance guys, those lobbied it in, in Washington, D.C. for 16-year-old to have so that we could pay $200 a month for a 16-year-old to drive a car. Why? Because a 16-year-old, I'm sorry, John, John, uh, I have to say this. A 16-year-old is not, or even 18-year-old, is not mature in their emotions yet. To be able to control their emotions. That's why they're still in your house. So you tell them, don't do that. Don't get fascinated by that girl smiling at you. You know, you got to tell them all this because their emotion is raw. And they give themselves into whatever opens the door for them. Therefore, they're stewards and guardians to protect them. Now, in this society, 
we got this notion that kids know more than parents. Because they got a driver license. Are you listening to me? But now, spiritually, Paul tells us that the same. That go over to Ephesians chapter 2. It says, in verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the earth. See, he says, when you were unbeliever, unregenerated, you were influenced by the outside forces, spiritual forces. The spirit who now works, that spirit does what? That spirit works. In who? In the sons of disobedience. If you, if you're disobedient kid, listen to me carefully. There's a devil working on the inside of you. It doesn't matter what you say, but that devil, that, this is truth. And that, that devil is working. That spirit is working. Verse three. Among whom also we all, say all. Uh, nobody is excluded. We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Now, Paul is giving us a description of our action. He said, that word flesh, by the way, in Greek is the word S-A-R-X, sarx. It means the body or the senses. Did you know your body contains five senses? You, everything your body does is included in those five senses. That is seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, and tasting. If I take three of these five senses away from you, seeing, hearing, and feeling, your body is completely shut down. If you cannot see, you cannot hear, and you cannot touch, you actually cannot move. You'll be absolute imbecile. Your body completely shut down. So the body, when he says body, he says the five senses, the operation of the five senses. Now, change that word flesh and put senses in there. He says, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our senses. What we saw, we wanted. What we heard, we wanted. What we smelled, we wanted. What we tasted, we wanted. Fulfilling the desire of, the desires of the senses and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the other. So he says, in your old life, you were led by the five senses. Controlled by the spirit of the power of the air. Demonic forces. And were led by your five senses. Now let me give you a description of these senses. The five senses has a voice in your body. You know what that voice is called? Emotion. Emotion is the voice of the five senses. Then your soul has a voice. It's called Reason, your mind, your soul, all the information man has, natural man, collects it from the five senses, takes it inside, 
And when he voices this out, that's their emotion, the senses, the result of all the five senses. When those five, the information goes to their mind, they start thinking it. When they voice it out, that thinking, it's reason. And the voice of your spirit, man, is your conscience. So emotion is the voice of your body or your senses. Reason is the voice of your mind or your soul. And conscience is the voice of your spirit. Now, Paul says, <clears throat> in the time past, you were led by your emotions. Go again. Hold your hand here. Go again to Galatians chapter 4 for us to see this. Why Christians do not possess what God has already done for them. It says in verse 3, Even so, <clears throat> we were, when we were children, when we were nephews, when we were in the elementary section, when we were minors, we were what? We were under the bondage, under the elements of the world. In other words, the world system, the world knowledge influenced us. The world way of operating influenced us. What we saw, we thought it, and we said, hey, what's wrong? Just like that lady was reasoning the other night in Larry King Live. She says, everybody else has rights, so homosexuals should have the right of the marriage. Marrying, that's natural for them. You know, when you put yourself in their mindset, that sounds right. Because they don't see that lifestyle as sinful. So they say, well, that's, that should, that should be the, the case. Because they reject the idea that this is God's, God has got anything to do with it. Just like Barbara Walter said on the 2020 talking to Mel Gibson, she said to him, she said, you really believe the Bible? Don't sorry. In other words, it's, foolishness for them to set a principle according to God's word. Well, if we do not have a standard, a value, absolute value system, how do our values come from? Where does it come from? Who says abortion is wrong? Who says homosexual? Who says robbing a bank is wrong? Who says cheating is wrong? As long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Just like I used to reason, I go to the store and steal a shirt, and I say, they got a million shirts that like that. One doesn't hurt them. So if you don't have an absolute standard, on whose standards and value are you basing your life upon? Who is right? Really, it's relative. In Iran, abortion can be a murder. In America, can be a choice. In Iran... Abortion can, or homosexuality can be an offense, capital offense. In America, it's just a life choice. However you want to live it. I shouldn't, they say, you shouldn't decide how I live. Oh, I like the, what, what the, the other guy said. He said, well, you shouldn't decide for all of us what marriage should be all about. So, see, the world system, if you think it, a child, a minor, Paul is saying things like that world system is influenced by that world system and that world system contradicts God's word. Because it contradicts God's system, you cannot operate in two systems. You cannot walk by faith in God's word and thinking like the world does. 
it doesn't operate. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for a new audio download of the Day of Salvation audio podcast. For more information on Pastor Reza's teachings and ministry, please visit www.rezasafa.com.